If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. I did not like sewing when I was a kid. I tried it and really disliked it. It was kind of the era of Walmart coming about when I was a kid and it was like I saw no value in spending forever making something when you could just go buy it at this new Walmart store. Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafters' stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. I'm your host, Susan Smith, and I'm coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm, Lucy, and I spend lots of hours doing freehand edge-to-edge quilting. Now, if you're not a quilter and those terms mean nothing to you, it's basically doodling on the surface of a quilt with a 50-pound writing utensil, needle and thread attached, and at high speed. And if you are a machine quilter, I invite you to tune in to the live and unscripted events hosted on my YouTube channel, also called Stitched by Susan. They're streamed live, and so they're interactive sessions of me usually quilting or doing some process on a quilt. And so you're able to ask questions and get answers about a project while I'm working on it and see all the steps that are involved in real time. So if you'd like to be notified of those upcoming events, grab my newsletter at stitchedbysusan.com and I'll let you know when they're coming up. My philosophy is there's nothing as warm and comforting as a handmade quilt. There are so many quilt makers out there and of course, just as many stories. Quilting, after all, has been a bridge between generations. It has soothed loneliness and chronic pain and it's been a beautiful expression of art and creativity that spans countries and cultures. Joining me today to tell us her story is Laura Pyland. Today's Pins and Needles is brought to you by The Will and Dave Show. Hi, I'm the Will half of The Will and Dave Show, a short little podcast that myself and the eponymous Dave like to record talking about the things that really matter to us, whether that's social, political, or pop culture. Usually we don't see eye to eye, but more often than not, we can find some common ground in there somewhere. And now, back to Pins and Needles, with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. Today, as I was working at my long arm, that's Lucy, remember? The quilt that I was working on had a lot of seams that ended at the outer edge. We call that a piano key border. And what happens when you have all those seams that go right out to the edge, often they will pull open just a little bit and you'll end up with some difficulty keeping that edge from distorting or in fact those seams from coming undone further than you'd like them to. So I have a couple tips for those of you that are making quilts, whether you quilt them yourself or whether you send them off to a long arm quilter. Either way, this step will really save you some grief down the road. So there's three different ways that you can help to reduce that problem. One is 
for you to reverse a stitch or two at the beginning of each seam. So in other words, back up and then go forward again and just anchor that seam. I'll be honest, that's not an ideal way because when you press that open, there's a little bit of bulk of thread that keeps that seam from laying perfectly flat. And if you're trying to do any intricate piecing, that might matter. But the second way you could deal with it is to just shorten up your stitch length which will also secure that beginning and ending of your seam just by having the stitches be shorter and more compact. And I would just stitch your whole quilt with a shorter stitch length and it just makes it more secure. And then the third way is what we quilters often call a victory lap. When your entire quilt top is finished, just set your sewing machine up to do a little basting stitch all the way around the perimeter, about an eighth of an inch from the edge of the quilt so it will fall within the binding or that outer seam allowance, but it's just enough to reinforce all those seams and keep them from being stretched or pulled open as the quilt is being handled. So remember the three steps, either a couple of reverse stitches or number two option, a shorter stitch length, or number three option, that victory lap around the finished quilt top. You all know how I love my coffee. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan. There for the price of one delicious coffee, you're able to make a one-time contribution. Or if you wish, you can sign up for a regular monthly contribution. Either way, thank you so very much for your support in listening. And maybe take a moment now to top up your cup as you settle back to enjoy today's interview. Today, Laura Pyland is virtually joining me in my studio. Now, Laura has very many job descriptions, wears many hats, so to speak. She is primarily a pattern designer, but she also has a blog that has a lot of supporting articles and also activities that surround her pattern sales. So it might be quilt-alongs where groups are working their way through her patterns or through fabric choices or through the various steps. She also has a wonderful Facebook group where she curates shops for all kinds of deals for the crafter in you. And so I will leave notes in the show notes about where you can find that Facebook group and where Laura's patterns are available. Laura, welcome to my studio. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is really fun. I've been seeing you like we've been trying to connect for a really long time. So it's really fun to finally see you. I know the other people can't see us, but um, fun to see you and connect. Yes, we are finally here. When I first saw you on, I can't remember if it was Facebook or Instagram or your website where, but I was so fascinated by the name of your business. You are Slice of Pie Quilts. Do you want to tell the story behind that? Absolutely. Yeah, I was a middle school math teacher and I my last name is Pyland, which I married into. And so when I was a middle school math teacher, we did all types of pie activities because it was fun to kind of combine my last name with being a math teacher. So then when I decided to start my quilt business, we couldn't think of anything else that really fit as well as running with the pie theme, since that had just been so prevalent in my math um, teacher background. And so that's what we did. We just stuck with uh, the pie thing and it really still fits. And I, I do love sewing with circles. So that's kind of a fun thing. That is perfect. And it just makes your name very memorable, very catchy. I love it. 
So when and how did you first get into quilting? Is it something you grew up with or something you grew into? That's kind of a fun story, actually. So my mom and both of my grandmothers sew and quilt both. And I did not like sewing (laughs) when I was a kid. I tried it and really disliked it. It was kind of the era of Walmart coming about when I was a kid. And it was like, I saw no value in spending forever making something when you could just go buy it at this new Walmart store. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of never sewed again. And then when I got married, my mom put a sewing machine in the trunk of the car and was like, just in case you need this for emergencies, I'm just going to give this to you. (laughs) And I thought that was, mom, I'm never going to need this. I mean, I thought that was crazy. And then fast forward several years when a friend of mine had a baby in the NICU and I had no way to help her because she was stuck in the NICU and she couldn't go home. I couldn't like make her a casserole and take it to the hospital. And um, so I called my mom and I was like, mom, I I just want to help my friend, but I don't know what to do. And she says, well, I'd make a quilt. Of course (laughs) you would. Exactly. And so I ended up at the fabric store and watching YouTube videos and I made a quilt. And it kind of spiraled from there. It it does have that tendency, doesn't it, for all of us? That's right. So um, what, because you have a broad spectrum of things that you do, maybe describe for us some of the hats that you wear in your business, you, some of the job titles you hold. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you can think of a job title, it's it's definitely one of my hats. I, I joke. Well, let's hear about um, some of them. Sometimes, like, my mom will call and I'll say, shipping department. <laughs> Because if I'm in the middle of shipping, that's what I'll talk about. But um, yeah, so I'm a quilt pattern designer. That's my primary hat. And all the things related to that, which is like shipping and um, designing and making quilts. But then I also a couple years ago started the quilting and sewing deals group on Facebook. So I work with a lot of other companies and I post links to their products and just share good sales and deals in there. Okay. And I have seen that as well. And I will certainly post a link to that in the show notes. For those of you who are crafters, not necessarily quilters, you'll really want to check this out because Laura posts things from from rugs to tools to patterns, fabric, notions, giveaways, even wine. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> there's quilters wine? But yes. That's yes, right. Anything is. that's related to quilting and sewing. And it, I've, like, even if it's not necessarily on sale, but it's something fun like that, like quilt wine, I will post it in there. But um, really fantastic deals. Like if charm packs are 50% off, that's the place to find out about that. Exactly. I completely agree. So check out Laura's Facebook page. It is a great place for deals and even giveaways. So have a look that's at right. that. So have you got any kind of new patterns in in the shoot right now? Anything that's coming on the horizon we should be watching for? Absolutely. Yeah, I have like three new ones that I'm behind the scenes working on before Quilt Market, which Quilt Market is happening here in October. So a couple more months still by the time when we're recording this. But um, so I'm planning to release some new ones that I haven't really shared on social media yet. So that'll be really fun. Um, it's actually interesting um so in my pattern like i know pattern designers that sometimes will create like hundreds of patterns and that's their business plan and i'm i've kind of approached mine differently and that i try to create less and like give them time to like people to make them before i release something new 
And so it's actually been a really long time since I released a pattern because the exploding heart pattern that maybe you've seen on social media, it mm -hmm. kind of yes, really took off. And that's been really fun to watch, but it's taken a lot more time because so many people are making it that I really want to make sure that I give them the best chance to finish that before releasing something new. So it's been um, a little over a year actually since that pattern released. And so I'm really excited to show what I have going on behind the scenes now. I quite like that business model. So do you do some of the things then that are supportive of your patterns, like holding sew-alongs or curating fabric kits or those sorts of things? For the Exploding Heart, I did do a quilt along, which was fantastic. We had so thousands maybe, of people Maybe define along. a quilt along for some of our listeners in case they don't that's, know what I speak of. Yeah, that's a good point. So I just created like a schedule that I just, I took the pattern and broke it up into several parts, like six different parts. And then each week you could sign up like on my blog, like in my email newsletter or whatever. And then each week of the quilt along, I would just say this week, we're going to sew these blocks together. And then I gave some tips on, you know, common things that maybe people would not um, maybe have trouble with or something. And then everybody just did that step together, like virtually there's not like any, you know, it wasn't like a, a membership or a club or anything. It was just um, encouraging to know that other people were doing it at the same time. Right. And so then after that week, then the next week I sent another email and was like, okay, this week we're going to sew this section of the pattern or trim up the blocks or whatever the next step was. And so it just kind of paced it out. So people felt like they were sewing along with, and they were sewing along with like thousands of people. And that allowed for more people to join in than I and sew it than I think would normally have done it without that extra prompting. And so that was a really fun thing to do for that pattern. And there were a lot of quilt shops that joined in and did that in person, like a class kind of thing. They well, followed that's a that great same, idea. Yeah, they followed that same model and then mm -hmm. had people do it at their shop. Um, so yeah, so it's been like a year of fun things with that pattern doing that and working with fabric companies and it just worked in so many different fabrics and so it's um, it's still doing really well and if you haven't made it yet I really encourage you to make it because people have made if they make one they say I want to make another one now in completely different fabrics because it just really looks good in every every bundle of fabric you can find yeah there are Lots of benefits, many of which you pointed out to working in a sew along type scenario like that. But one of them is you see tons and tons of other people doing it in all kinds of different colorways and ideas and a ton more ideas than you could ever think of on your own. So it's That's incredibly right. inspirational. It just is like a springboard. Yeah. And we created a hashtag for it. So it was like the um, hashtag exploding heart QAL like for quilt along and people would post their photos on that hashtag and exactly what you say, you could go in there and see all the different fabrics and colors that people had picked. And it did, it made you be like, well, I'm making a pink one, but now I want to do a blue one or now I want to do it in this other fabric. So I've made six of them so far and I don't know if I can say I'll be done because it really is kind of addictive. That is too fun. I love that. Okay, changing gears a little bit, I saw that recently you were appearing on the Missouri Star Quilt Company's YouTube channel, and it looks like this is maybe a regular thing coming up. Is that right? Tell me more. Yeah, that's been a really fun thing. So 
I am hosting the Kids and Baby series on the Missouri Star YouTube channel. So we just sew things that are related to kids and babies. So the first series was all nursery items. So I did like crib sheet tutorial or how to sew like a quick and easy baby quilt. So if this was for people that have never really sewn before, this is like a good first step. Because often the first time you sew, it's for someone that's having a baby. Like I, <laughs> I was sewing for my friend that had a baby. Um, so yeah, it's in the behind the scenes again of working to sew. I'm working with them to make some more videos that are related to sewing for kids. And it's hopefully going to be an ongoing thing. It's kind of challenging to work out scheduling between uh, my business and their business. So I can't really say when the next one's going to come out, but I can tell you we're working behind the scenes on that. Well, that will be fun to look forward to. And that really seems to fit with their aesthetic. Jenny Doan, who's kind of the face of, of Missouri Star, has always been about presenting things that are easy to make and things that are um, fully instructional. So it tells you all the steps. So I can see where you're, you team up well with them. That fits well together. Yeah, so it's exciting. been really fun. I've met Jenny a few times and she's, she's great to be around. She has a really great energy. She does. I've only met her once, but she is a, a wonderful lady. I agree. Okay, back to your quilting. I want to know a few more things about you as a quilter. What's your favorite part of making a quilt? Is it actually designing the pattern or maybe cutting or maybe maybe shopping? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do love collecting the fabric. That's probably, my husband would agree that that's probably my favorite part based on all my stash that I have. Um, but honestly, my favorite thing is finishing it because then it's like, as soon as I finish, it gives me permission to start something new without feeling guilty about that. Um, so yeah, I really love just finishing the quilt, which encourage, like really motivates me to make more quilts. Yeah. So I tend to make a lot of quilts because I'd like to finish it and start something new. Excellent. So that does give rise to another question, though. Are you a, you know, make one project from start to finish before you go on to the next project kind of gal? Or do you get bored with things and go back and forth between a half a dozen or more of them? I always have like three to four things going on at one time and they don't always get finished. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love trying new things. Like if there's a technique that I see someone post about on Instagram that I, I haven't tried before, I will like instantly try it to see if I can do it, but that doesn't mean I finish that project right then. I just want to kind of test out the waters maybe, and then eventually go down the rabbit trail of trying it and leading up to a quilt. Or honestly, even if you choose not to go down the rabbit trail, I feel like that's okay. When you're a creator and a designer, not everything that you try is going to be a win. That's right. It happens you try. a lot. And I do, I travel and do trunk shows to different um, quilt guilds and stuff. And I actually have several quilts uh, to show in my trunk show that are failures for different reasons that did not work out. But I keep them in the show to be like, this is exactly why I try new things because it pushes you to learn. And then I show the next quilt that I made like right after that, where I, what I learned from the first thing that I call a failure how I could improve it, and then I made something cool the second time. That is an excellent point. I think we need to give ourselves that room to just play and experiment. 
Yeah, and I, I love making mini quilts for that purpose. I'll make something really small, and so I'm not committing to a huge project just to try it. But then um, if it doesn't work out, I don't feel guilty about wasting a ton of fabric either. I can just throw it away and go, nope, that, that one block didn't work. That's not my thing. Moving on. Good point. Doggy bed. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, back to your favorites. Where do you tend to go in terms of color? Are you strong and bold in your colors? Are you subtle and soft in your colors, typically? I definitely like bright colors. I usually use solids or batiks because they still read as a solid. So those are kind of my favorites. And if I had to pick a top three colors-ish, it's always going to start with some form of turquoise, like an aqua or turquoise or teal, and then probably pink and purple are going to fall in there too. Ooh, I love that. Sounds gorgeous. Okay, one last question. What is your favorite gadget, tool or gadget, in your sewing room? That's a great question. Um, I would probably have to say my sewing machine laser. Uh, that's actually a post that's gone pretty viral on my blog where I talk about the different ways that I use my sewing machine laser. And it just attaches to this any sewing machine. Like it's not something that came on my sewing machine. You buy it okay. separately. And then it sticks on the front of it like Velcro and shines a line down at the front. Um, but you can also shine a dot or different things, but I mostly use the line. And then you can sew like half square triangles without having to draw the line on the fabric. <laughs> so it saves a ton of time. And so I always say that's probably my favorite gadget. I love that idea. And for those listening who perhaps don't know what a half square triangle is, it's a triangle that is half of a square, but it usually involves sewing from one corner to an opposing corner across a square. So it's this long angled line, which you traditionally have to draw the line in so that you know where to sew exactly. But having this little laser beam allows you to not have to draw the line. You can just follow the light source. That's awesome. It's a pretty fun gadget. And I watch for sales on it and post that in my Facebook deals group too. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I will, I will check out the group, and if there's a good deal current, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Well, this has been great fun visiting with you, my word. I think you have a lot more stories if I just knew where to mine for them. <laughs> That's probably true. If I am out and about, I like just went to the Royals game just a um, week or two ago, and I have a little battery-powered sewing machine, and I took it with me and sewed while I was at the Royals game. So that's the kind of person that I am. I'm always like doing really okay, fun. Okay, what were you sewing? <laughs> what were you sewing at the Royals game? Um, I just take, I, I take this little battery powered sewing machine with me whenever I go do random things. Like if I go on vacation or if I go somewhere fun. And then I just have jelly roll strips that I keep with it. And so I just sew a couple jelly roll strips so I can say that I sewed in all these places. I love um, it. So eventually I'll have a quilt, you know, made from all these jelly roll strips that, but the, the quilt will have been made like all around the country. Cause I take my battery powered sewing machine to do it. I trust you have a hashtag dedicated for that too, right? So one could go back and look at all the places your little sewing I machine has been. I don't think I actually have a hashtag for okay, that. Better that would, that. That's right. That would be fun for people to tell me what I should do for a hashtag. Okay. So I have to ask, what other things do you do for fun? Like, I love this, that you bring so much joy into your sewing experience. 
Well, I have three young kids, and so that is pretty much the rest of my time. If I'm not sewing, I'm um, homeschooling my three boys and going out and doing fun things with them. Great. So when you're homeschooling then, obviously they're at home. So how does that work? Are you all kind of in a room together while you're working, or do you have dedicated spaces, or how does that work out? That's uh, Our basement is where I work and also my husband. We both work from home. And then in the dining room is where we typically homeschool or the backyard or the living room or like wherever we feel like it. But um, I'll, I usually multitask. And so while I'm homeschooling the kids, I'm also packing patterns in bags or shipping or something like that. That makes very good sense. Look at you being efficient. Wow. I'm all admiration. So Beach, waiting for, um, looking out for Laura's patterns that are coming out new at Quilt Market. Do you want to tell our listeners maybe what the name of your website is again or where they could find some of these patterns? Absolutely. I'm at sliceofpiequilts.com and that's the same name that I use on social media, Slice of Pie Quilts. And pie is P-I, like the math symbol pie, not the kind of pie that you eat. Good to know. Good to know. Well, that makes it easy to have the same name across all the things. So. So I always like to ask my guests if they've got a little nugget of wisdom that they want to leave with our listeners. Can be about life, can be about crafts, whatever you like. I would say to try something new. So if there is a technique that you've seen or even something that scares you a little bit and you're not really sure if you would like to try it, that's my suggestion. Just try something new. Go ahead. The worst that can happen is that you don't like it and so you just don't do it. Move on. But you'll never know if you don't try great advice. Thanks for that. Thank you again very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for tuning into the show today. If you enjoyed this podcast, do consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast or the app of your choice. It really helps other listeners to find the show so they can hear these stories too. And I would love to hear from listeners who'd like to nominate a crafter that has a story to tell. If you know such a person, would you email me please at info at stitchedbysusan.com. And don't forget to CC the nominee as well. So until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted. <laughs>